Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Reasonable Wrestling. I am your boy CT, TD Bang, and we are here with my tag partner, your boy Chris the Most High. Today. Oh, Reasonable Wrestling Podcast, family! No. <laughs> <laughs> yo, yo. We are your boys, the most raw, uncut, the indies of the podcast game, as I like to say, if you will. So today we bring to you our New Day character spotlight that we promised. Yo, um, uh, this will be fuck a nigga counter. We doing a show about three niggas. (laughs) Shout out my dogs. All right. No, but no, this is our first time doing a character spotlight. On uh, three black uh, on a black guy, so we decided to just even up the ante and do it on all three of the new uh, day for real. Um, but we were just watching the just going over um, a lot of their matches and the careers it, of the three men, they, and it's deserving. Like them, them, them having a character spotlight or what we're going to share in this character spotlight is deserving. Uh, but before we get into uh, our, our our podcast, let's go ahead and hit you with the pleasantries of make sure you follow us on Twitter, RW Podcast One. Also, we are on iTunes, we are on Google Play, we are on Spotify, we are on Stitcher. Go ahead and search for us, Reasonable Wrestling Podcast. We're on Facebook, we're, we're on, on YouTube, uh, Reasonable Wrestling Podcast. Check, check us out on the Instagram, Great for, Wrestling Podcast. Great for just running me over as I'm going on. I'm, I didn't know you were going to get to it. I'm like, I thought that, you forgot. Cause you went Stitcher first, so I'm like, all right, sorry. Just, just let me, just. I'm tagged in, man. Let me, let me work the match. You kind of tagged yourself in, but go ahead. No shit, because you're going off. All right, go ahead. Thank you. I was getting to it. You were getting to it. I was getting to it. This is how New Day started. <laughs> Two black guys trying to figure it out. We added a third one, and uh-huh. Days is our Days is our. Uh, what do we call him earlier? He's, we called him our Xavier. He's Woods. our Xavier Woods of, yeah, the, of the group. Yeah, he's our roommate. He's over there. He's a gamer. Yeah, he's the young one. So yeah, he's the Xavier Woods. <laughs> I'm not sure if Xavier's the youngest, but he's the youngest one. Uh, and and yeah, our, and our, our, our group. <laughs> but anyway, no, but anyway, no. Go ahead and uh, go ahead and follow us. Search for us. Uh, we are available. Like we said, we're on I, we're on um, Instagram as well. We're on Facebook. We're on um, Twitter. We're on all, every, that. all apps that all you can that. find us. As CT would say, all our medias of social. Uh, you can find us So go ahead and search Reasons for us uh, Reasonable Wrestling Podcast Like I said Hit that subscribe button uh, Give us five star ratings please We are definitely appreciative of that um, So with that uh, We have a long show we believe Is going to be a yeah. long show We we're, got three dudes Three to individual cover, guys And then we want to cover New Day as a whole So we got, we're going to go We're going to take it this way That's how we're going to set up the show We'll talk about Kobe first Because he's the elder statesman Because he's the elder statesman He has the longest career Then we'll get to Biggie, and then we'll, um, we'll 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 leave off on Xavier before we enter the new day. And so let's start it with Kofi. Let's just get right into it. All right. Let's start with Kofi. Kofi debuted in December sixth of two thousand seven uh, on ECW, and his first uh, match was with Shelton Benjamin in like in April. Or was, it, was it? See, no, his first match wasn't with Shelton. He was like on ECW, winning enhanced over in. Uh, uh, what I'm trying to say, over enhancement talent. <laughs> Sorry, guys. So, uh, you know, when he debuted, he was Jamaican. We all know he was Jamaican. We all, and he's Ghanaian, really. So he's my African brother, Ghanaian. I'm Nigerian. He's Ghanaian. Kofi, if you ever hear this, yo, we've got to bring wrestling to Africa. You know, let's, let's, let's link up and bring wrestling to Africa. That's something um, he always talked about. Yeah, so. I really want to do that. 
one day. But uh, Kofi started off with Jimmy, and I'm not sure what they were going for. I'm not sure because of Usain Bolt. Uh, his big phenomenon And they're like Oh my god We need a Jamaican On the roster And let's take this guy Who's not Jamaican And let's just say He's Jamaican Because he's black And they would never know And he can do an accent And he does pretty good accents So um, it worked For a little while And we we keep fooled me At least um, I definitely thought Kofi was Jamaican When I was younger I mean That was what 10 years ago So I was 18 Around that mm-hmm. time um, Yeah I was very Impressionable Around um, Around those fake accents But Kofi was one of those guys That we looked at Oh black Guy on TV, always athletic. Mm-hmm. Okay, to give him a he little was like bit a shine, striker, a little bit of rub. You know what I mean? With high flying ability, super I would athletic. I call him a high flyer before a striker. I would call him Holler before before a striker okay, too. Okay, okay. But uh, the way his his repertoire was was combined of striker and high flying on ECW. And what I why why I said Shelton earlier is because he was undefeated until he faced Shelton, and Shelton beat him in um, April two thousand eight. After that, Kofi Kingston was drafted to Raw. He made his debut. On the Raw roster, facing Chris Jericho at, at Night of Champions 2008, he actually defeated him for the Intercontinental Championship. Come on, my man is getting gold. Off the bat. Off the bat. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know, he showed some shit in ECW. He was a great hand, great talent, uh, really can move. So clearly they're like, okay, this guy is a workhorse. This guy can get the trap, and we're going to see how he, he's got going to be had. You know, the IC tra- title is the workhorse title. Of course. So he was the guy who held the IC strap for a little while, and he could definitely pull pull those matches off where you, you, could, you start the crowd, get it hot, you know? So his match with Jericho is really nice. Um, Jericho, one time, and we don't, we're obviously we're not going to get sidetracked, but Jericho, like you pointed out when we did our character spotlight, how Jericho just loves to put over new talent. Yeah, he was putting and over new he, talent. And he put over Kofi. Okay? Speaking of that, in that match, he had Lance K, too, as his, like, manager. So he's try- Jericho always working with new guys and young talent. Shout out to Jericho for doing that. Um, the the match itself was not based around Kofi and Jericho's feud. He just showed up to challenge him. Uh, Jericho had a lot of uh, program going on with Shawn Michaels at the time. Shawn Michaels came out to interfere and uh, cost Jericho the title essentially. But uh, we're gonna move over to, from that from his first IC title reign onto his uh, first tag title reign, and that was on Raw October twenty seventh two thousand eight. He won the tag titles with none other than. The um, Saints from Chicago. What do you call them? The the inner. What is the, it called? The, the, the uh, forget I, whatever. <laughs> fucking CM Punk. He he wanted CM Punk. They call him the. What do they call Chicago? <laughs> the, the, Just, other than the Woody's in D City, they you're call asking him, somebody that's not from Chicago. Uh, <laughs> this is why we have a great tag team. Oh, okay. all right. <laughs> but he it. beat the. Um, he, who was he in the tag with? He was with. He was with CM Punk. And, he faced, and then he faced um, Legacy, Legacy mm-hmm. uh, Cody and Ted DiBiase Jr. Yeah. Uh, so um, CM Punk was was red hot. Well, he was red hot to the to the to the ICW the um, the I mean the IWC. I'm sorry, the Internet Wrestling Community. Mm-hmm. Uh, Punk was super weird. He had won the go the big gold belt, dropped it. Yeah. So by that time he was already he was world already champion world champion for a little bit. Yeah. He won the Money Bank, cashed in. So um, Sam Punk also giving a little rub to, to, to Kofi because they both were obviously single stars. Mm-hmm. No reason why they should have been put into a tag team together. But, you know, they were there and they won a chip. And they worked well together, honestly. They, worked, they won it on Raw, right? It was they won it on Raw, Raw yeah. yeah. It was a great tag team. They honestly had their own little style, their own little uh, double team moves. It was a great It was a great tag team. I think that was a great introduction from for Kofi into tag wrestling, you know, to have somebody like CM Punk with him. Uh, moving on, 
let's talk about his uh, first United States title run. And he faced your boy MVP. Come on. You know? Shout out to my man MVP. <laughs> Shout out to uh, MVP. Uh, he used to work at MLW. Chris has a, a good relationship with MVP. Yeah. So um, Hopefully we'll get him there on the podcast. Yeah. We'll talk a little. Uh, uh, he doesn't really like talking wrestling, so we'll talk movies and whatnot. Yeah. With politics, maybe. You know, yeah. get his world views and stuff, you know? Uh, so Kofi is one world championship away from being a fucking Grand Slam yeah, winner. Absolutely, he's one of the few people that have one title away. And but but uh, he won it from he won the United States Championship in Raw on Raw October twenty seven two thousand eight. It was another. It was another. Um, it was another program where it wasn't like a, a real angle going into it. It was just two guys who had a few, um, competition. They were just competitive. And MVP was like, hey, you think you're that good? Come here. Come test me. See if you can beat me for the belt. Kofi won. And MVP, you know, he, he gave him his prop. He clapped for him, gave him the title, and he, and he went about his way. Uh, Kofi rocked with that belt for a little while. And he's won, he's won both of these titles, IC and the United States title, multiple, multiple times. times. We're just talking about... Their first first runs, you yeah, know? yeah. His first, their, his first runs are, are really um, kind of the highlight of making the character. You know, the um, man. They try to make it to say he was the first Jamaican to win these titles, but yeah. he's the first. You know, he's, he's really the first Ghanaian. You know, on. just because Ghanaians are not uh, in the general American culture and very uh, not. They're not known to the regular masses of what Ghanaian is, and it's not a stereotype. They gave him a stereotype because he's black, and everybody needs a stereotype if you're black. So they gave him a stereotype as a black Jamaican dude who says well, "yeah man" and has dreads. And and and, and, and I, I, I not listen. I am for one not capable for WWE. They also are the company that gave an Italian man an Arab gimmick. So for they're real. just really out of tune. Yeah. If they're I really mean, that, that's not going to fly today. It's not going to, no. Yeah, you know, it was a different era, I guess. It was just, they were just actors, and they looked at it as, exactly. okay, a role. Exactly, But nowadays, they're a little bit blended with their reality, you so know, with, with who Jamaican, they are. Find a Jamaican so if you want, if you want, yeah, yeah. If you want to say you want a Jamaican wrestler from now on, just got to make it. They have to be really Jamaican. <laughs> you know, it's just really because, you know, <laughs> eventually, you know, Kofi dropped the accent. And he that was, was Lana before Lana. Yeah, for real. He was Lana <laughs> before Lana. He had an accident. He had to, and he ended up dropping it. And now he's just Kofi Kingston, the supreme athlete. Um, so we're gonna move on from the the MVP run and the US United States title run. We're gonna go on to October 26, two thousand nine. He started a few when he with Randy Orton, and that is when we start to see the potential of what Kofi could be. I think a lot of people remember this this feud. A lot of people remember. We remember. We don't remember this. That's the one of the arguments we've had, and then the the contention that, that we had. Uh-huh. The feud wasn't memorable. The moment was. The moment. The the the. The moment is what we all know of the I think volatile we're talking, Randy, and, and, and you know uh, the the poor you know Kofi guy just you know doing it. Obviously, he was doing a job anyway, you know, mm-hmm. but. Uh, for him to remain as professional all these years later as well, too, you know what I mean? Like, it's a pivotal moment in both of those guys' careers. I, I, looking back on it, hindsight, and this is just me spitballing freestyling right now, honestly, the company knew what they had in Kofi at that moment. Mm-hmm. They knew what they had in Randy beforehand. Of you course, know what I mean? Yeah, like, Randy. Ra- listen, Randy went AWOL in the Marine Corps. Okay, so the company obviously knew what they had in Randy, 
But for Kofi to be as that's another thing about us, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Being in an environment where we're not so much uh, predominant, we have a tendency to just go by what's necessary to keep our job. And I think Kofi in that time, because that was a very embarrassing, demeaning time mm-hmm. period, and that. And that propelled him to where they kept him along and where he got multiple. What that, that that plays into something I want to talk about later on with the Kofi because it, this this feud with Randy Orton was just this young because pretty much Kofi cost Randy Orton the title because John Cena had a match with Randy Orton. He had Legacy come out, and Kofi went out for the save because early in the night, you know, they jumped him. They jumped ran, Kofi Kingston, so he came out for the save for John Cena. Next night on Raw, Kofi has a match. He wins. He's about to leave. Randy just tosses this nigga off the stage, throws him down, tacks him to teach him a lesson pretty much. Kofi Kingston, to retaliate later on in the night, dumps paint all over Randy Orton's custom racer car. You want to call it NASCAR? It was his NASCAR. His NASCAR with his face on it. Uh, I think Kofi showed a lot of fire, a lot of passion, Um, a lot of emotion. That's the first time we saw emotion from Kofi, really. He's all the happy-go-lucky guy until this point. And that's why people remember. And they say, oh, maybe Kofi can be a world champion now. I think people still remember that. And then... What bothered... I'm I'm sorry not to cut you off. Go ahead. I'm sorry. What, what, What necessarily didn't connect me with that feud too much, and I know it gave Kofi a a, a layer It didn't feel I didn't think it was written for him Okay I think it was for somebody else Somebody maybe fell off in good favor Or, or, or maybe you know uh-huh. Wasn't available And they threw Kofi in that spot Oh, okay. uh, You know what I mean But I don't think that And, and, and granted, I, guess I can completely see that in the case And granted and, 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 Like you said and, But he, and, he rose to the occasion, occasion you yeah. know? It showed that he had And that goes to what his new day brother And we're mm-hmm. going to talk about later on yeah. How you know They show some type of like timid Timidness or you mm-hmm. know what I mean Like I'm just here so I don't get fined type thing. And then, <laughs> and then they all rise of a sudden he's dumping paint on his yeah. car, you know, smashing it. And with that the was joint. in October of 2000, um, October 26, 2009. It took until November 16, 2009, uh, like like two weeks later for the, the boom drop to happen. So when everybody remembers the moment when him and Randy Orton were battling through the crowd and then he hit the boom drop. That was um, because Randy Orton was about to beat the shit out of Roddy Piper. So Kofi came for the save to save Roddy Piper. Randy tries to leave. Kofi's like, no, 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 I'm not done with you, your ass. He just kept on beating, beating on him, you know? Randy gets a little bit more aggressive nature. He starts to fight back. Randy's about to punt Kofi. He makes a, a tackle on Randy. He fights, shows fire, and this is Randy at the moment. He's at the top of the company, so Kofi doing this at the time is a big deal, you know. For it's, it's taking the low Kofi to another level, in which, a sense. Which is, which is, I mean, the crowd was hot, and then he hits the boom drop. The crowd's chanting and his name. And he's looking out, and this is, this is in Madison Square Garden of all places. So that's a moment in Madison Square Garden, the home of the WWE, you know, so, so to speak. Kofi has to remember that moment as like a big time, and it's a big time moment for his career. Yeah, you know I think as everybody does, and I, we had to cover that. Um, so yeah, that feud led to Survivor Series, and in the Survivor Series match, I thought it was funny because they pretty much took every black roster and made Kofi the captain. Oh, every black guy, every black guy, guy, every black guy on the roster and Christian. So it was Kofi um, led the team of MVP, R Truth, 
Mark Henry and uh, Christian. So, and they take on. Wait, it was only four black guys on the roster. Oh, well, they might have Shelton too, and he probably was doing something else. But that was it. Yeah. So um, then they they face off against Randy, of course. He led a team of CM Punk, his former tag team partner, Cody Rhodes, Teddy Biasi, and Junior. To be honest, and and William was it William Regal? I think was in this match too. So that was um, the match, and I think and at the end of this match, it was a great angle with CM Punk and Kofi because you can see that they have history, and ran, and CM Punk kind of has to just do what he has to do and face uh, off against Kofi because Kofi's the last guy on his team, and uh, it came down to Kofi versus CM Punk and Randy Orton. CM Punk is like. All right, he, Kofi wants to get at Randy Orton. CM Punk steps in his way, like, nah, I gotta fight you now. Yeah, and they have a great exchange. It's like almost like a match on their own at the end of the match. Great exchanges. Um, Kofi, uh, I don't want to no, go, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was gonna say Kofi ended up being the soul survivor. Yeah, absolutely. He ended up being a soul survivor. Being a soul survivor. So he took out Punk, and immediately Randy slides into the ring, and Kofi hits one of the illest. Trouble in Paradise is that I've ever seen, and Randy sells it like he just kicked his head off, and he gets the the, the three count, and Kofi gets a Kofi's Soul Survivor soul moment survivor. at at Survivor Series. So I'm to research and see how many Soul Survivors are in WWE history. Let's keep going, and I'll I'll see if I can get that stat for. But us we all right. know that Kofi is one of them, and he Kofi might, be might be the, the only, only black, black person. <laughs> yeah. He might be the only black guy to have a Soul Survivor Survivor Series moment. Um, so that's really fascinating. Uh, so let's go on. Let's move on. Uh, after that, Kofi was kind of um, in flux per, per se. He he had some more title reigns with uh, the mid cards. He then he had a tag team with Air Boom. Yep. You Shout know, out the mass side, but there. nothing I think let put him in that plateau moment where the Survivor Series run with Randy Orton. In that moment, no one nothing gave him that much fire. And I think that we should from that point he kind of felt that he kind of peaked almost. Um, until New Day So let's move on with that Let's talk about uh, The muscle The muscle The The I need Five <laughs> I need Five So let's go on to Big E Yeah that's, that's, As you must know He was the man of NXT At one point He had to get the five count They used King Kong Bundy's uh, Gimmick And he took it And gave, they gave it to Big E Where he would Squash talent He was just wrecking niggas Just wrecking people Every single match Um so he wouldn't settle for a three count. He would get a five count to end his matches. All right, so he debuted on Raw, actually, before winning the NXT Championship, I wanted to say. So it was in December 17th, 2012, when he debuted on Raw. But before we talk about his Raw run, let's talk about his NXT run and how he won the NXT Championship. <laughs> because he was on two shows at once, ironically. So on January 9th, 2013, he took on like pretty much... The entire Shield, but it was Seth Rollins versus Big E in a no disqualification match. Yeah. The Shield j- was jumping niggas left and right on NXT, so they 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 had heat. Um, on the roster too, you know. They had heat on the, the entire roster pretty much, and then uh, they're taking on Big E. So Big E's over there. He's taking on the whole Shield pretty much because they're they're interfering in the match. Nearly, uh, he nearly tossed Seth into the crowd at one point. Yeah, niggas strong as fuck. So Big E's this monster who's agile and strong. And he's fast too. So I knew. I think that when he looked at Big E, they saw like money in the NXT. They saw potential because nobody that big moves that swiftly. 
So I think he's very underrated with how how fast he is. I mean, he also played football too. So like he played football. You know, he was, a, know, power he was a power lifter. Like Biggie's a, an anomaly when it comes to athletes. Yeah, like, when, you're, when you're talking about when when they talk about Brock and they talk about Cesaro and they say how strong John Cena is, uh, you know, they always they always forget about the big hoss and 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 um, Biggie. So when he uh, won the NXT Championship, uh, you should go back and watch that. He gave you the date. Go back on the WWE Network. Watch mm-hmm. that. Watch that match. Watch how Biggie was just dolo, right? He was dolo by himself. No one came out to help him until the until end. the end. When the whole roster, when the whole roster was just like, all right, we about to cool. We about to just pull out. And then Biggie wins. Look at the crowd. Jim Ross, but good old Jr. Jr. Call that match. Jim Ross called a match. Um, Dusty, uh, Dusty put him in a match. Mm-hmm. Um, Biggie had a really good, solid presentation in NXT. Uh, I love the the reinvention of King Kong Bundy. I need five because you know by him being black and culture, he could go several ways with it. It could have did some things with mm-hmm. it. I hope they bring it back. I know why they they didn't want to kill like bury people on the main roster with that kind of gimmick, but I want them to bring it back because Biggie could he, he looks like an intimidating guy that. Could put people down for good, like you know, like they can't get up, you know. So I, I want to see that return. Um, so Biggie rocked in NXT for a while as NXT champion until he faced Bold Dallas and lost it. I, forget, I don't have the date for that, but he lost to the Bold Dallas. But before, like I said before, he debuted on Raw before he actually even won the NXT championship. So let's talk about his debut on Raw. His debut on Raw, uh, he debuted as Dolph Ziggler and AJ Lee's bodyguard. And on his debut, the first night, he takes out John Cena. And the, goal, the, the whole show closes with him at the main event as this new black guy, just big-ass fucking truck, taking out John Cena. Because I didn't know him at the time, because I didn't have NXT. So I was like, it was pretty cool. And he was a heel. So he was a face on NXT, but a heel on Raw, which was interesting. And he could play both. He Biggie, play has, Biggie has range. He has range. Um, moving forward. You know, he was with Dolphin AJ for a lot of stuff. He had uh, uh, matches where he was with AJ versus Caitlyn and yep. and shit. And, and Caitlyn and Dolph, he left Dolph, and him and AJ left Dolph. Uh, so he had a, a great run with them. Uh, he, I think he used that time to learn the business and learn how the main roster works. And they saw something in him clearly because they ended up putting the IC strap on him. November 18, 2013, Raw in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, he faced Curtis Axel, of all people. Curtis Axel, and he... Uh, Michael McGillicuddy. Michael McGillicuddy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and in this match, uh, all i got to say is that he looks super agile and super strong. Go back and watch the match on the network. Biggie has... He has... He has... He has, he has I'm, saying, I'm not going to say he has it at this point, but he has it potential with he how a, he moves. He has a charisma. He has a charisma about him. That is undeniable because he's he's eloquent when he's when he when he speaks, you know. Um, l- shout out to um, we we're not even talking about their uh, outside the ring attributes as far as the education that these mm-hmm. guys have. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, which I'll probably mention for Xavier Woods about him having his PhD. But like all these guys are really educated, really well spoken, uh, really smart, know the business. Uh, and and can get themselves over. You know Absolutely. what I mean? Like they can really, really get themselves over. Biggie. Like- 
what can give you a competitive edge in today's red-hot housing market? Rocket can. That's because Rocket Mortgage can give you a verified approval. It could help your offer stand out. Rocket technology provides a rock-solid verification of your income, assets, and credit, giving sellers greater confidence in you. Go to rocketmortgage.com or call us today at 8338-ROCKET. A verified approval is based on an underwriter's analysis of your individual financial information, appraisal, and title report. Call for cost information and conditions equal housing lender license in all 50 states and MLSConsumerAccess.org number 33. Like you said, uh, coming down to Florida and being a face and being able to get two or three 300 people uh, to, you know, cheer for him and then go on Raw and make an impact in front of 10,000 people. Like, that's really, really rare to do. But when you're talking about a moving theater that these guys, you know, are producing and, 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 and performing in, Biggie is one of the most versatile workers that I've seen in a while, especially we all know, as a as a black guy. Yeah, exactly. We all know um, Vince likes big guys, you yeah. know. Um, when you look at look at a big guy in the street, you're like, oh god, you know, I don't want to mess with him. And when you're performing some, when you're doing a performance based on on fighting and combat. You want the champions to look like they're intimidating, like you can't fight them on the street. Like if you sort of see them run up on them, that you would have a hard time with them. So Biggie has all that. So the size, the the, the speed, the agility, the strength, and then on top of it, he he has the charisma and he's smart, he's intelligent, he's eloquent. You know, so putting that package together, we see him and we're, and we have hope as black men that one day he can get the big title. One day he may be that next big uh, black main eventer. You know, so um. I think that I think that he has that, you know, and with that IC strap was the first test. He ended up losing it. I'm not sure. I think he lost it maybe to Rusev, you know. And after that, he kind of he had a lull. He wasn't really doing much after he lost the belt, unfortunately. Um, speaking of that, that's actually how him and Kofi kind of got together. Kofi mm-hmm. was in, uh, he was kind of obscure, really, but was doing some things with Cesaro where he was actually getting some wins, but Cesaro was getting his heat right back mm-hmm. by, um, you know, destroying Big E. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sorry, um, Kofi. Um, Big E came out to make the save, you know, to, to ensure that Kofi didn't, you know, take any more punishment. And that's kind of how the budding friendship of Big E and Kofi started. So, exactly. um, Kofi and Big E both being in obscurity led them into being paired together before they got their third member, which yep. we're about to go ahead and let's uh, chat a little bit about, about Mr. Xavier Woods. Come on, you put me, and, and CT, this is you. You did really good research about Xavier. Cause I was I'm, I'm I was ignorant. Like of, of course I knew about his. I knew he was in TNA. I knew about Lethal um, uh, Lethal, lethal uh, con- con- Consequences with him and Jay Lethal. Um, but I wasn't really in depth in tune because Jay Lethal is my man from Black Machismo. You okay, know what I mean? Yeah. So like I was more f- for Jay Lethal than I was yeah. for Xavier Woods. And then the first thing I think I see Xavier Woods on WWE TV was like a Funkadelic or over nine thousand NXT. They made you know what I mean? so they like, made Xavier on WWE the Black Disco Inferno. I'm yeah, gonna tell you right yeah, now, it's just like, like a seventies. Oh, oh, you're yeah. you're black. Oh, you can dance. Oh, you have an afro. Okay, we got you. We're gonna, you're gonna make. Uh, oh, you like music? <laughs> you like music? All right, gotcha. get out there and shake your ass and, and and pat your afro. You know, and do all the things that they used to do in the seventies. You're gonna be a black disco inferno. I mean, <laughs> Vince honestly probably is still stuck in the seventies, so yeah. he probably loved. Exa- Which shout out to Xavier for being able to pull that off, man. Yeah, and he he took it and he ran with it and he, and he did his best. 
to um, make it make it better. I think he did what he had to do. Unfortunately, uh, well, you know, we'll get to it. Before I want to get to his, his run in WWE before, you know, he entered New Day, I mm-hmm. want to talk about what he did before the, entered the E. Like you mentioned before, he had a tag team titles in TNA with Jay Lethal as Lethal con- Consequences. You know, um, but... But even before that in TNA, he teamed with Ron the Truth Killings, and they had a tag team. That's oh. how that's how he debuted. So he was just in TNA. They're just pairing together black dudes and, and saying go hard with it. In the wrestling industry, that's just what happens. They just pair two black guys together every now and then and say, "Hey, go out there and be a tag team and figure it out." And um, you know, there's the older black guys that take one under their wing and teach the young one. And I think that's what happened with Kofi and Biggie. And I think that's what happened with. Um, you know, our our truth and and uh, Xavier and TNA and we they even did it in WWE. They just repeated it and had our truth with Xavier in WWE. But um, people don't know this, but after TNA, Xavier didn't go straight to the WWE. He went to New Japan and he actually teamed with the Kota Ibushi. Chris says he's the best best wrestler in the world right now. Well, he teamed with um, Kota Bushi and, and uh, Xavier had a tag team. You see Kota in G One Twenty Eight. Kota's the best wrestler in the <laughs> world, man. <laughs> yeah, so um, I, I still I'm still a Kota guy, but he says Kota's the best. I'm still I'm, I'm getting there. He's in my top three, but uh, yeah. So Xavier were actually t- teamed with Kota in their early stages in NJPW. Uh, then he uh, left Kota, went into the six man division. He teamed with. Togi Makabe and Tomoki Han- Hanmo. I'm sorry <laughs> if I'm botching these names. I don't know them myself, but the, he was in a J Sports J Sports Grand Championship tournament or something. It was, in a, it was a six man tournament, pretty much. He was in a six man tournament, and he was eliminated by uh, Ishii, Masato Tanaka, and the Shinsuke Nakamura, Swagamora. Swagamora. So, Yo! So, I think it's Swagamora on SummerSlam again. Yeah. Yes. And Xavier went to Japan, honed his craft over there. He was in TNA. So you got to respect this guy's work. He's, he's, he's touched hands with people that have talent as, that we know today as like stars like Kota Bushi and, Japan, and Shinsuke Nakamura. And then and workers it, in Ishii and fucking, yeah, yeah. In Ishii, he's worked yeah, with these Ishii guys. So you give Xavier his, his credit for going out there and hustling and grinding in his craft. On July 10th, he uh, he was in a different company. I think it's called Eastern Championship Wrestling um, or Eastern something. He won a tournament in this, a Super A Juniors tournament versus uh, Eugene and Tommaso Ciampa, the NXT champion right now. So come on. He he's he's honed his crap before he came to the he he has a work ethic, and while he's working on getting his PhD PhD, so you got to respect the hustle of um, Austin Austin Creed Austin or Creed. that's not his real name, but it's Austin something Austin. He, I think it. Well, hold on, I forgot his last name really, but let's just call him Austin Creed. That's his gamer. <laughs> that's, his, that's, his, that's his gamer name. That's his that's his name for now. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's all before he entered the E, and when he came to the E. They tag team with him with our truth, and they were over there losing handicap matches to, to Rusev. So they didn't really show him no love. <laughs> they made him black Disco Inferno and had him lose handicap matches to Rusev. So that's all you need to know about his run in WWE before he entered New Day. That's really all you need to know. And he was like a fuck adapter for a brief moment. Um, so let's just wrap that up and let's get to why you are here and let's get to the New Day. And their run and what where they came from and where they are and where they're going. 
Yo, I want to, um, when, when Kofi and Biggie, I remember that episode, I was watching that Raw, uh-huh. and Xavier came up, and he was kicking that shit, and was like, you can't be in the background, and like, he was talking that Royal Revolution yeah. shit, and I was like, it was July 21st, 2014, um, after Biggie and Kofi lost a match to Curtis Axel and Ryback, I believe, uh, Rybaxel. Uh, Xavier just comes out and he that cuts a, a he cuts a promo like, "Hey, we're not here to wait." You know, he says, "You can't get ahead by kissing babies and shaking hands." You know, we're here to take. So we're like, "Oh shit, what's going on with these you know guys?" How ironic that is. They you know, now kiss babies and shake. Now hands. they kiss babies and shake hands. And it's so crazy. So it's so ironic. <laughs> That's what he said, and it comes full circle. Where it's like, "Nah, you do need to shake babies <laughs> and shake hands." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Your pancakes on kids. Xavier was originally wrong, and this is—I think they did have an um, idea to make him like the, a new version of like Nation of Domination kind of crew. But what's ironic about this? That was July twenty first, two thousand fourteen. Now look at this. After that, um, they they were tagging on like main event around August eighth. Kofi and Biggie compete in singles matches on SmackDown. Woods joins the broadcast team August twenty eighth, two thousand fourteen. They still work house shows as a unit. September 26th, Woods is in a battle royal on SmackDown. They kept these guys. From July 21st, they kept these guys off TV and then just ignored that entire angle that they started for a minute. So it was not until November 3rd, 2014, that vignettes started airing for the New Day. So it was a long time after that first promo of Xavier coming out that it was like they wanted to make us forget or they just forgot about the entire... The t- entire, you know, initial joining of these t- these three guys. Well, I think what really happened was they did have an idea of what they wanted to do, um, but the unfortunate sh- uh, shooting of Mike Brown, which happened that same year, roughly about a couple weeks that after that. Yeah, they if they debuted with that in July twenty first. Unfortunately, um, uh, Michael Michael Brown was uh, killed August 9th. So that's like that's two weeks. So I think that they had the re- the a revolutionary black uh-huh. group wanting theirs. I think uh, it would have been even better. I think that bro, I mean, I'm, that, I'm, I'm, no, I'm not, no, I know no, it's sensitive. No, no, sensitive. No, no, I'm not saying. I'm not saying. No, here's the thing. I, I'm not saying they should uh, capitalize off of Michael Brown shooting, but I think they get. I, think, I don't think they have to pivot so hard. You know, to make them a gospel group suddenly. Yes, yes. The you the, the the because you also have to think about who's running the company. Oh, white people, okay, mm-hmm. and middle aged white people who kind of have their toe in both waters. Mm-hmm. They they have to, you know what I mean, and and also you you know. It's too close to home. I feel you. I feel you. You know, those three guys are... You know, who, it's safe to just go to the gospel. But who else is on the roster that have their back, too? We got Mark Henry. We got R-Truth. And then we have who else? What other black superstars... What black executives mm-hmm. do they have? What black writers do they have to make this even decent? You know what I mean? Like, we're solely putting it on these three guys to make something socially conscious... 
when they have you know millions of eyeballs watching them every week, that's a tough because and that's the, that's the thing about being black. Being black alone is political, and we can't even be real because it's too touchy. So if they were to even talk and even like reference you know black men being killed in the streets, it's almost too close to home, and then people get. You know their their general white audience gets a little sensitive and like oh my god they're because little. WWE had no problem dipping their toe in that Russia water yeah you know what with I mean? Vladimir when, Putin when, and when Vladimir Putin and Rusev and mm-hmm. Lana um, they had no but then also it got really real when Donald Trump was like went and posed and then became president and it was like mm-hmm. huh let's put a zipper on that yeah. you know so like WWE has been kind of really relatively smart within the recent years. Um, and I, I, and and that pivot made me turn. It made me as a black guy turn on my guys because I was like, really, mm-hmm. a gospel group? Yeah. I, I mean, the vignettes of the gospel. There was in the the powder blue suits and mm-hmm. the choir, and yeah, I'm like, and yeah, like preachers. and that's more stereotypical than anything. It really is. It's like black people. The are, black preacher guy. Like, at the end the of the day, guy. like. I don't know what it is about um, uh, black people on TV. I think they, white, the white audience, they think black people are a monolith and they think they're just one thing or a couple of things. Oh, they're athletes. They're criminals. They are rappers. They are, and they do church, right? They like church. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The church too. So like, I haven't seen a, like, where's what I'm talking about? The only black guy who I've seen portray like a black guy authentically is Mark Henry maybe. A little bit, you know, and that's just like an angry black guy, you know. So, and he was still an angry black guy. Yeah, he's about saying, not getting the respect, you know? not getting his justice. Yeah, you know? know, and it's always over the top. Even King Booker's over the top. You know, um, we don't have a black Seth Rollins who's just a cool guy. We don't have a black Roman Reigns like just just a cool guy, you know, that's just doing their thing and just going out there and just being themselves. I think Ricochet might be the closest thing that we may get to yeah, it. We'll see. But he might also be strapped with the gimmick because of his video games type maneuvers. So, uh, okay. you know, which but I think he may be the next guy that's that that will be able to just kind of uh accentuate and that's what made new the growth of New Day. That's what made us do this character spotlight because um watching from what they started as and then that transition uh, because they came out to, they came out. It was like, all right, listen. Yes, we came out being revolutionary. We pivoted, became gospel, and then so pop, uh, the power of positivity and y'all, the crowd, Boo. shit. Oh my goodness, new day sucks. Yo. New. So they they started with this whole new day sucks chat because it really was a bad angle. Like it was, they were pigeonholed yeah. to make this church thing work yes. in a combat yes. arena. Yes. No one's fucking with church in a combat arena. Like people can say I'm religious and like MMA or 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 whatever, and and, and but they're still going out there and fighting. Exactly. And have to be aggressive and be. Um, you know, and, and and just not like all this. Like, what's going to make a preacher fight? Yeah, for real. Like, you what's know? Like, got to preach what's about what's happiness. But what they did, I think, was fucking genius. Is that they embraced their shit as a preaching, obnoxiously. And they made it obnoxiously positive, obnoxiously push it down people's throats. Oh, you don't like us because we're we're preaching and we're dancing and we're, we're crying. Oh, we're gonna give you more of that shit and make you hate us even more. And they turned them heel, which was genius. Yeah, I think the gyration started from them being heel, doing too much, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, going then, over the top. And now it's like uh-huh. a staple. Now it's a staple, <laughs> you know exactly. So 
they they were getting booed out the fucking uh, arenas. arenas every single time, and they would get New Day sucks chance. Those New Day sucks chance weren't because they started to clap. New they sucks. No, that's because they the chance just started happening after WrestleMania that year. They just they, people hated New Day, you know. And then Big Show came. I heard they talked about Big Show coming to Kofi and saying like, "Yo, Kofi, what are you doing with these guys?" Like. Uh, you shouldn't even be associated with these two young guys in this terrible gimmick. Like, do something different. Kofi could have been seen if he was outside of that pot, but then Kofi would have done it just would have been three guys in obscurity. Yeah. Three individuals in obscurity. Mm -hmm. And, like, we we did the deep dive. Kofi, I mean, not Kofi, but Xavier and Big E were on the brink of, you know, didn't know where they were at contractually. To, to stay on the roster. Yeah, they didn't know if they were going to get fired before New Day happened and popped off. They, they had no idea. But with their ingenuity, their creativity, and that's why I love New Day, they're so fucking creative. And we're going to get into that later down the road with, with this, with what, what they do with New Day and what they've done with for the brand of New Day. They're just geniuses with marketing and branding themselves. So let's start with their Extreme Rules 2015 match because that's when New Day start really popping. And they're, they're heels at this point. They're heels from a positive perspective. So they're going out there preaching positivity, making jokes about how people's teams should be better and, like, you know, the, the common heel shit, but saying it in a positive way, you know? And then they're like, oh, what is it? How do you guys feel about that people boo you and say the sucks chant? And they, like, you know what? It, it really it hurts our feelings, but we're going to dance and we're going to clap more. And it's just they just kept going with it to the point where people started fuck with them. But at this point, they're still heels and people are still booing them and they have a match at extreme extreme rules 2015 with cesaro and tyson kid yep that's one of the one of the most short lived greatest tag teams i've ever seen yeah cesaro and tyson uh, kid was a uh, really cesaro, good tag team cesaro and tyson kid were so again just people thrown together mm-hmm. and just making it work, man. Like, mm-hmm. man, like, ah. In that match, uh, Kofi and Cesaro did some work together. That was just amazing. They just worked so well together. They're so fluid, so so on point. That po- t- timing, like that power and speed dynamic uh-huh. against each other in the yeah. ring. It's like Cesaro was just yeah. throwing him around like a rag doll, and Sophie, Kofi, and Kofi just, just, just gives, selling it. He just gives, just selling yeah. it. You know, gives his whole body to the art, you know. Um, so, Xavier was a great mouthpiece on the outside. The fans are booing after they get a upper hand. And Xavier says to the crowd, what do we do? We're winning. Like, <laughs> it's just a great moment. He's like, why do you guys hate us? Like, we're winning now. Like, why do you hate us? He didn't even do anything bad like a, a heel tactic. They're just winning the match. Crowd's boo. And they're like, what do we do? We're winning. You know, but it was an incredible match. Um, Kofi held the tights to win the match. And Xavier wins his first title in the WWE without even wrestling the match. It's a great moment for the for New Day. They are on the map as tag team champions going forth. Um, they made it, and, and they became amazing heels. Uh, so, yeah, they were the... Go ahead. Tag team champions! Yeah. <laughs> so that's what happened. Um, that was Extreme Rules 2015. We'll move on to uh, May 31st, 2015. They had um, the first tag team Elimination Chamber match. And in that match, it was uh, them against Tyson Kidd, Cesaro, um, the Lucha uh, Dragons. Um, wasn't the El Matador dudes in there? Um, 
Yeah, Los yeah. Matadores. Los Matadores and primetime player. prime players. Yeah. yeah, it was it was an interesting match. It was a kind of a sloppy match. I'm not gonna lie. It was kind of a sloppy match, but it was entertaining. I I, I like I liked the match. And it was the first of its kind. So. The very first of its kind. So it's not something that you can just get the hang of when there's so many pieces in the match, and then you gotta have the pinfalls and eliminations. They never had a tag team match in an in an elimination chamber match. So I think that they did what they had to do because it was the psychology, and it was kind of yeah. off as well. Yeah. So it was. I, I, I want to see it again, though. I want to see them try their hand at a elimination chamber tag match one more time just to see what. They, they don't have do. any good tag teams. Well, that's... Except for my top guys. The Usos, Revival, come on. We got Bludgeon Brothers now. We got New Day. We have um, AOP. They could easily do a really sick Blue Chamber now if they get them on the same roster. So, we'll see. Maybe down the line we'll, we'll see that again. But New Day can say they made history, that they were tag team champions going into the Elimination Chamber, and they left tag team champions on the first Elimination Chamber. So, shots, um, props New Day for... Making history, and they make history a couple times because on Money in the Bank, June fourteenth, two thousand thirteen, they lost the tag team titles to the prime time players at Money in the Bank in the first tag title match where all the competitors were actually black. I think that I'm not, don't don't quote me on this, but I, I'm pretty sure that's the first time all the competitors in a tag team title match on pay per view or anywhere. Well, on, the, on a pay per view were black, not ever, ever, but like on a pay per view were showcased. You know, and it was it was a moment. So black primetime players won it, and that was you brought that to my attention too. I had no idea about the uh, black tag team. Mm-hmm. Um, it was yeah, 2015. Uh, they were the first uh, time, and the primetime players won that match. Uh, for a quick detour, I wanted to talk a little bit about New Day's promo ability and what they do on the mic. Uh, during this time, John Fifteen, they had so many. I can't. We, we can't. We can't like go back and name all of them. But they have so many great promos. They were coming out each week, and they were a highlight of my week. Like I would watch Raw to watch and see what New Day was gonna say, what pop culture reference were they gonna mention this week, whether it be P.O.P. holding it down, or whether it yeah. be what are those? Like they were using pop culture in a new way that. Not that new way. Not that people haven't done it in the past, but they were so on point, like on the on the money with their references on TV, and people got it. If you Plus got because it, because it was in the culture. They, yeah. they were part of the culture. You know what I mean? Like having them also be um, when you're talking about their their promo ability. Um, they were on the mic with the Rock, the Rock in Miami, Rock, and they're 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 holding it down. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I, and the, they're ch- and they're shitting on the rocks because saying he moved out of Miami and he went fucking uh my um to L A. He, he went, went to, to Hollywood, Hollywood and he <laughs> did it for the paycheck. <laughs> Rocky did it for the paycheck. It was it was it was great. And they had um. They had promos, uh, angles with Cena, where they laid out Cena, or they, and they laid out. I Roman. was in Buffalo. You when know, they did, they they had, that was, they, they were in. I was in Buffalo, and they did that angle uh, where they, they closed the show. Where they closed the show, and they beat the dog. And I was like, oh, this is it. Yeah, that's the springboard. Yeah, that I was, I, and I wasn't, uh, you know, a heavy and you know, Mark Mark or anything, you know, but I was definitely involved. Uh, and and paying attention to what makes wrestling and sharing them the the closing out of raw eleven o'clock with John Cena 
and land him flat with that mean streak. And yeah. Then, yo, that's all really they needed. That's, that's goof, all they needed. That goofiness that they had, uh-huh. they just needed that tint. Oh, and yeah, when they and that's what that, makes them, they're, they're, they, they know how to turn it up to the, the intensity. Turn it you up. Know? <laughs> they know how to turn up the intensity. Because <laughs> we all know New Day as generally goofy and whatnot, but... And we'll talk more about their intensity later on, but they know they're they're legit. So we as fans can take the goofiness and appreciate them still, rather than saying they're corny, you know. So because we, we know that they're legit fighters and they can legit hold their own in the ring and work. So then you know they're just they're genius with their with how to get them, themselves over at this point. They got Francesca during this point, and they and Xavier's on boop boop boop, and the fans go crazy and start to clap with them. And they start to chant. So it's almost like it's a cue to let the fans know, hey, start clapping for us or, or start, or, or start booing, for, booing away. So the Francesca was a genius move. The, the, the outfits, the gear, them changing it up and always relating it to something pop culture or, or, or nerd culture even with Dragon Ball Z or having a, a, a karate kid outfit or, yeah. you know, or whatever. Xavier with, the, with his hair. Yeah, you know? his hair fucking styles is crazy. And I remember, I, I think he was in Boston, I think, and they, he didn't come out with his hair done. And it was like, I uh-huh. know you was expecting me to do my I wouldn't do it for this trash city. Oh, and I'm like, yo, yeah. that's so fire, dog. Yeah, like, they were fucking heels to the, to, the, to the fullest, you know. Xavier having found fantasy gear on, but, you know, it's, it's just, he's, they just really put a whole visual together, a whole brand together for their own selves. It's just great. So um, we're moving. And during that time, they, they had feuds with the Dully Boys, a legendary tag team, and they beat them in tables matches. Um during that time, they, then they uh, had a, a ladder match at T- in TLC with Lucha Dragons and the Usos, where Kalisto did that Selena the Soul, Soul or one yeah. of them, Jimmy Uso or something, and it was uh, you know so they had they were having classic matches, they were having great matches. Um, so we'll move on to the WrestleMania 32. Yeah, the, their angle over there, and they went against the League of Nations for WrestleMania 32. Wow, that thing happened. Uh, why did that thing happen? <laughs> Yeah, it wasn't the greatest uh, um, angle per se. Uh, there was there was their first match of WrestleMania as New Day, uh, and they lost to the League of Nations non-title match. I mean, they were six-man tag. Not much to really uh, say after that. Um, and they they had feuds after that in 2015 with a Wyatt feud. They had a Raw Vilms feud. They faced the and until they get like they faced the bar. I didn't really don't, you really don't have a marquee feud until they go against the bar again uh, later on that year around uh, Survivor Series. So uh, let's talk about their feud with the bar for a quick Yo, moment. Yo, that feud with the bar, because this was with, this is when Cesaro and Sheamus really had just kind of clicked as a team after seeing them with that best of seven that mm-hmm. they had. And what was so genius about their gimmick is that they fought for a title opportunity mm-hmm. and ended up winning the tag team title. So and they did get a title the, opportunity. Yeah, and the, the 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 new day is just racking up wins. Like they're and this is during their four hundred and eighty three day reign as champion. They're just running through teams, Dully Boys, running through them, running through Usa Dragons, running through Vault Villains, running through everybody on the roster. You know, and then they face the bar, and the bar that was an ingenious uh, um, angle because. There's legit a heel and a face on the same team. You know, they had Sheamus and Cesaro. Cesaro was the face. Sheamus was the heel. They had to, it's like a, 
uh, mixed. They they had to work together, figure out a way to work together. So they um, had a match at first. Let's talk about Survivor Series. They led the team, uh, team Raw, I believe, to to SmackDown. Uh, in the SmackDown versus Raw tag team, uh, the tag Six, team, yeah, yeah that, tag that, team, yeah, Survivor so Series elimination match, a hundred man match. <laughs> so New Day <laughs> was eliminated. Uh, they eliminated somebody, but they were eliminated pretty early in that match. And the Bar actually were the sole survivors for that match. They won it for the Raw team. That led them to Roadblock, and that led them to have one of the illest matches the New Day's ever had. Well, because New Day um, got drafted because they were on SmackDown. No, they. No, they were on Raw at this point. New Day was on uh, Raw still. They faced the bar December 18, 2016. Well, there was that match. Survivor Series. They were, was that Raw No, New Day Smackdown? and Bar were on the same team. And oh, oh yeah. okay, okay. It was okay, Raw okay, versus okay, SmackDown. Okay, okay, yeah, New yeah. Day and the Bar were on the same team, and the bar ended up being the sole survivor. New Day got eliminated, even though they were captains. Um, so then we go on to Roadblock, December 18, 2016. Uh, it was an amazing match. Kofi uh, Kofi tapped out, but dis- uh, Xavier distracted uh, distracted the ref in that match. And mind you, the New Day still are face their faces now. You know they've they've turned the crowd. They're already back on New Day fans, I but they're still. I don't know if they were faces. The crowd was just really getting. Were they faces? No, really? this at this point they're legit full face. But Xavier's still doing heel tactics and shit. <laughs> you know, um, and he's over there. Uh, and the way that they lost the title, I think, was just crazy genius. Cesaro fakes a tag. Kofi thinks he tagged in, hits him with the, um, the trouble <laughs> in paradise, and tries to pin him. Cesaro comes in, sweeps in, gets the pin on Kofi, and Kofi's just sitting there and all like, what the fuck just happened? Like, what happened? Our 483-day reign has come to an end. And he's just sitting like, what the fuck happened? And then the New Day have to get the belts. And they're holding the belts, looking at him like, oh, my God, after all this time, over a year plus, we had these titles, and they're looking at it like it's, they're just like, like they're losing their dog, you know? And I they mean, hand it over to the bar. That was a, I mean, that, that right there was, was them really kind of passing the torch and say, hey, let me see if y'all guys can do what we did with them. You know what I mean? Ele- let me see if you can elevate these tag titles mm-hmm. because, like, dog, we tired. Like, and and we, as we, we know, the bar <laughs> succeeded with that run, too. Yes. You know, we yes. know the bar, the bar had a kept fantastic it. run with those titles, mm-hmm. which was a good pass off. Like, it, it was. It, it was, and that's know? what you want. You don't want the title to be dropped to a team after that kind of a run to a shitty team who's like had a, a transitional run. Exactly. The, you know, the, the bar, bar was legit. Real, yeah, legit. Um, did they get they did they go over to SmackDown after that? Um, well, yeah, they did go over to SmackDown later on, but the after before they did that, they hosted WrestleMania. Oh, they that, hosted yeah, WrestleMania. Yeah, they have, yeah, yeah, they did. I they, was a little upset because I wanted to see New Day on the card. I didn't care about the host per se. Wait, you was in, that was the Orlando one. You, uh, yeah, I wasn't there at Orlando, but I was there in the, the Raw after. Okay, okay, so that was the Orlando one. They came out and uh, they, they they introduced the Hardy Boys. So that was a big pop. You know that you know, but they were on. This is during the Bootios, so like the Bootios came out and they're 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 selling cereal. They make they're, sure you ain't, you ain't booty. booty. You know, so New Day don't need a match. They just need to be seen and get their fucking cereal over. And they did. Like people were buying Bootios. They were selling out. I and bought Bootios. They were selling out. Whatnot. Like that's the genius of the New Day. They 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 take what they like because Xavier is. Um, uh, he's a he's a brony. He loves My Little Ponies. 
they take the unicorns that he likes and he makes a, a unicorn horn. They're selling those out. They're putting unicorns on their T-shirts. They're, they're branding themselves as kid-friendly black guys, kid-friendly black guys. They're on T-shirts. You know, they're making cereal. They, they, they're, they're, now they're trying to make pancakes pop. And, you know, they're using all this breakfast food shit. They're just really smart with how they handle their business. Of course. And the, one of the things that intrigues me now with their switch of what they have become uh, from who they are is just that the fans totally just forgot. Mm-hmm. You know what yeah. I mean? The fans, like, and obviously, we're talking about four years ago, five or three, three or four years ago. It's not really that long. Like, there's not a lot of new fans. You know what I mean? Like, there's not a lot of three-year-olds out here talking about New Day. We're talking about probably like an age range of like maybe six to probably, what, 13 maybe? Like a Mm -hmm. really good middle, you know? Yeah. uh, But what I say, there. I want to let you know that there's a lot of kids that love New Day. And what I think that adds to the culture and it makes it like little kids. Little kids love New Day, man. They do, and it makes the black man not threatening anymore. Like, cause like when they see them with the unicorn horns, it's not threatening. When they see them being goofy and they're shaking their ass, it's not threatening. And it, and it just changed culture. Like, they, their impact is gonna mean something for these kids who are like, well, I'm not gonna be afraid of that black man on the street or the cop who the kids become the cop. Big E is big as shit, dog. Yeah, scared. you know. And I stood next to Big E and I was scared. I walked uh-huh. across the street, nigga. Yeah, for real. Because <laughs> I, I see the kids in the. In the <laughs> I walked across the street. <laughs> so, no, I'm just trying to say, like, for real, like, it, the kids are, I see the kids in the crowds with the unicorn horns and trying to get the, the cereal thrown their way and the pancakes thrown their they're, they're going crazy for New Day. It does shift culture in a way that makes black men not threatening so that when a, a kid comes becomes a cop one day, he's not like, all right, they are threat. They see him as a human being that's like, all right, you have a life too, you know, they, that, that they're not, cause when, 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 a, I, I, I look at it as if a white individual is growing up in a white household and only fucks with white people and they see only black people on TV, of course they're going to be threatened by black people because our images are not the best images. They're not, they don't show us as human beings yeah, and least, as, that we have a lighthearted side and side a goofy inter- side. Other side of entertainment, we never get our justice. Yeah. So we never get our justice. New Day is changing that culture and, and seeing white kids with their t-shirts is a great thing so i'm i'm all for it and it's like oh man i hate xavier has a gaming channel you know how many you you know how many white kids love to watch xavier play video games with other wrestlers that's a huge thing you know and it's like and it's his and they're growing in a culture where it's not uh his race is not a big deal it's just like it's just a guy who plays video games on youtube and they support that too so i think it's a great because a lot of black people got upset with them shaking their ass and being goofy and and trying to yeah I know I know the, some, I know some of my homies that really was like oh look at these coons and stuff yeah. like that you know and that's the dilemma we have you know well it's is is it's the and you don't want to say you're serving two masters you know what I mean but they are you know they have to make themselves palatable to. An audience that buys their stuff. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, granted, I'm buying bootios and I'm buying T-shirts and you know what I mean? And I'm getting the posters and stuff like that and the action figures and stuff. But, like, 
that's because I, I see the logic and the business behind exactly. them, and I support them. I got other other homies that semi boycotted because of the same thing. Yeah, you know? and it's, it's crazy. And, and and if they were the street keeper hood type thing, then they wouldn't get the opportunities that they're getting right now. And mm-hmm. that's the like you can't. We're not a model. That's what I'm trying to say. Like black men are not one thing, and I think that what the new day is doing is they're making us. They're they're breaking the chains of what we can be you know, on TV and WWE. They can, we can be hip and have a rap battle. We can be hip and say pop culture oh, references. We'll get to that rap battle. We'll get we'll be we'll get to that rap battle. But we can also be goofy and say we like video games and have nerd nerd culture references. We can talk about My, My Little Pony and, and, and if we like, if we so choose to do that, you know. And Xavier is true to who he is and he puts it into his character, which I I support him all the way and. So I just want to just show them some love for that branding. So because WrestleMania, them hosting it, they're one of the few people that Bro, that's say a, that's, that's a, a big, big deal. deal. That's they a can big say that deal. I didn't like it at the time because I'm a wrestling fan, but it's a big deal to say that they hosted WrestleMania. And looking back at it, like we said, three three or four years, you did grow. You they they did grow new wrestling fans. We're essentially new wrestling fans because we're smarter. You know what I mean? And so looking at that, those three guys were like that's like hosting the Emmys or like mm-hmm. hosting the ESPYs or hosting the Oscars like they're hosting the the and it the, puts them on a map as, yeah. a, as pop culture figures yes. that can do other things that branching out of WWE and that's Vince trusted bro that's Vince trusting you saying your charisma your is charisma not. is enough to get you over uh-huh. we'll give that's you a, a payday for it and hold us down for over these three hours as our MCs. Or five out of those yeah, five. Who knows? Like, who, yeah, because yeah. maybe it was like crazy. a day and a half. Nigga, seven hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, with that said, uh, let's go. Let's fast forward. Let's fast forward a bit. You know, um, after WrestleMania, they put, all over, they put over the revival in their debut. So they're putting over new talent. Yep. You know, and uh, Kofi gets injured, and that put over accidentally. Uh, but after that, they have moved, finally moved to SmackDown at that point. And that's when we that's get when they New Day, New Day versus them, Usos, and let's talk about New Day versus Usos. This feud will well, go feud down, year, man. yeah, it will go down as one of the best feuds ever in tag team history. It will be mentioned in both the Usos and New Day Hall of Fame speeches because this really right rose them to a whole new level yep. and said that they were the best at this moment. The Usos and knew they were the best on TV, bar none. Well, Uso, well, we're just going to say, I know for sure I enjoyed Uso matches a tad bit. And, it, and this is this is a complete splitting hairs conversation. Mm-hmm. Complete splitting hairs conversation. And it's just for the sake of conversation. But New Day got a tad bit stale to me. And the switch of the Usos was so refreshing. Yeah, that heel turn of the New Day. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, the that the, the Usos of them having uh, the you know the all black Usos penitentiary, the Uso penitentiary, and them coming out wearing in the Air Force Ones and the grill and you know like it was dope to see. Mm-hmm. And they were claiming themselves because honestly, a dream match to me would be the Usos versus the Young Bucks. 
That is That'd a dream cool. tag team match for me. And because the Young Bucks were, at that time was quoting the quote saying they were the best tag team in the world, where the Usos kind of was like, eh, you're not. not so much. <laughs> you know you can mean? say that all you yeah. want, but you're not. You know, the, the Usos are tearing the shit up. But I don't, yo, but that's the thing though, because, and it's the competition, and I don't want to call, listen. It's, I, very, it's splitting here because you really got to like, because Nick, Nick, Nick and Matt are not spot Here's movies. the thing about it. They're not anymore. But they used to be. But uh, anyways, the Usos on the main roster, to have the matches they were having within the WWE environment makes them the best tag team. But, and then again, they were only having those matches with the New Day. With the New Day. That, that, yeah, because No, but they were just claiming themselves as the best tag team because they were just really kept, you know, they... The, the, I, they didn't explore that match with. Uh, they didn't explore that match with uh, the American Alpha enough. That uh-huh, would have okay. been something that would have th- that would have gave Usos a little foundation. Yeah, it, more credibility. More credibility and, and with that claim. With yeah. that claim, it took the new day to come, and then over that course of time, where we said the Usos did eventually win that long feud, mm-hmm. it then allowed. Let's them talk to about that long feud. That, Let's talk know, about that long that feud. It started off. Let's talk about Money in the Bank 2017. That's June 18th. Uh, so in this match, you know, it was pretty much about, okay, we were on Raw, Kofi Kingston and the New Day were, uh, they're like, we're the best tag team here, New Day. Usos were on SmackDown. We're the best tag team here. Now we're going to finally see these two clash. Kofi, um, in this match, debuted his trust flaw. That's what I was trying to say. Which, uh, which is a great spot. Kofi's always inventing new spots and new ways to just be outstanding. Outstanding, what makes him really, really good, man. He's uh, and not even reinventing yourself, but just adding new, mm-hmm. like how Iron Man just puts new gimmicks on him. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like just upgrading his suit and shit. Kofi just upgrades his suits, dog. Like, <laughs> like Iron Man. <laughs> yeah. So um, in this match, it was a very beginning of the feud. Uh, Usos just so, show a, a, a mean streak where they're just beating the crap out of the um, New Day. There, there was a suplex from Kofi to the po- uh, into the post. You know, Kofi tumbles out after um, um, one of the Usos pull down the ropes to get a mean fall. Xavier plays the mask off, mask off on the trombone, mm-hmm. you know, getting people hyped. <laughs> you know, it was a really cool match, you know, but uh, it was just the beginning because... The Usos took their titles and they walked out like, "All right, the New Days are our real deal, and we're not fucking with them tonight because we might just lose our tag team titles." They grabbed their belt and they left, and they lost on a countout. Yo, I'm gonna fast forward to Battleground 2018, and the build to this pro- to program, this this um to this feud was amazing. The build, that's when the rap battle happened with Wale hosting a rap battle. Yo, listen, when I'm tell you, like. I've already I'm already watching SmackDown because it's the show. SmackDown is clearly being raw at this mm-hmm. time, locked in. But they announced that they're about to have a fucking URL Smack DVD <laughs> rap battle between Usos and New Day with one of my favorite rappers, Wale as the M's. Oh. Yo, it could have it could have gone both ways. It could have gone really well Uso's or been really it. bad. Usos won it. Yeah, even though Wale gave it to New Day yeah, because because <laughs> because Wale yeah, the, the is face. the fourth member of New Day. Yeah. <laughs> he is like he can't deny yeah. it. You know what I mean? But I love what I love about this promo is they had their entourages, yo, and New Day's entourages is just 
off the wall crazy crazy this rosebud x yeah and then the usos entourage is just all black hoodies just you know so they're branding themselves as what they are and just uh it was just funny to me it was just like this contrast you know um so yeah you know that's where we get the line don't get all, don't get all right at all like your boy xavier woods, woods you know we get the line that um, you guys weren't put on until you your wife put you on total divas. You know, Shout they 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 just take they just taking shots back, back and forth, and, and it's um and legit too. Usos was on a pre show, dog. Yeah, yeah. Like, Usos legit was on a pre show. That, and summer sl- that summer shit summer. made that well before even before the feud. Like Usos was performing on the pre shows, WrestleMania pre shows. Yeah. So, like Usos wasn't really getting a lot of mainstream love. Yeah. You know what I mean? Until the until they started tearing the house down with the new day, like you know uh-huh. what I mean? Like it was some real life. You know, it, it get, them being on Total Divas gave uh, uh-huh. uh, Jimmy, Jimmy uh, a new platform, uh, gave him a, new... a personality, yeah, for real. Which then rubbed off on uh, on, on Jay because now that you know what I mean, like so, it was some real. Some yeah, real so there was some real shit spewed in that. Um, Rap battle. It was one of, one of the first times I can say that WWE put something on TV that catered to a black audience. Oh my lord! It was one of the first times that they put something on TV that catered to a black audience that were like, "Wow, we really fuck with this shit." Like right here, and not just a black audience, but because hip hop is mainstream now. Yes, hip hop is worldwide. It's, yes, people don't get it. Like people, hip hop is the number one brand of music right now. And so we're not just talking it about catered, flow it catered to a younger audience. Jeez. It catered to Christ. a yeah. <laughs> Florida, <laughs> killing us with Florida, nigga. Like he's he's just, every, every, right every, now, every WrestleMania, right. fucking Florida. It's like, oh god damn, this guy again. But, but um, not to knock you, Florida. Some of those tunes are hot. I like some of his songs, alright. But um, yeah, Wild Ones is the jam. Yeah, it's a fucking tune. It's a bop. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bop. But um, let's get back to rap about it. It was amazing. Uh, everybody went went viral. People loved it, um, and that led them to their battleground match in two thousand eight. The, the the match Sorry. had Speed Force, Xavier and Kofi. That's what they call that group. When they, when they the pairing of Xavier and Kofi is Speed Force. Uh, I think uh, Biggie and Co- uh, Xavier is Muscle Bomb, and Kofi and Biggie is Smart Athletic Friends. I think I believe. <laughs> but anyways, this match had Speed Force, Kofi and Xavier, and Ushio Usos came out in hood in their hoodies and they wrestled in hoodies. Yeah, which is I don't know hoodie. how you wrestle in a hoodie yeah, for a whole I mean, match. But look at I mean it worked because that them wrestling in in the hoodie definitely got that water weight and toned them off. Because oh they yeah, they were in shape. They're shape. Yeah, they were in shape now. You know because we saw them in NXT in their couple matches when we're watching um, Big E stuff in NXT and they were pudgy. they were real out of shape. But um they 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 definitely toned their shit in. And got it together by now. The Usos are on a whole new level. Uh, Kofi tries to trust fall again. That's why I mentioned it. Ch- Kofi tries to trust fall again in this match. Usos catch him and run his fucking nuts into the into the, into the post. So they they've learned from the last match how, what what the New Day's tactics are. Um, in this match, that's when Xavier gets his head fucking knocked, gets his whole block knocked the fuck off with that jump. He jumped to do the elbow drop, that distant elbow drop. And out of nowhere, I don't know kick. who came in, but one of the Usos came in with Jay, a super kick. Came in with an ill super kick. And I don't know how they did this spot. I don't know how they timed it perfectly. But it was a great shot because you didn't see Jay coming in with that kick. It was a great shot. It was, it was a great timing. Well, yeah. Great timing on that. It was just unbelievable. And then he kicks out. 
So the crowd's going crazy. It's a fucking frenzy. And uh, match goes on. Oze, uh, Oze, um, Kofi knocks out. Get, um, Kofi kicks out of a super kick and splash combo. So the crowd's still going crazy because Kofi kicking out of a splash super kick combo. And finally, they get the win off of uh, their own midnight hour move because Kofi and Xavier have their own version of a midnight hour. And they win their first, uh, that was Xavier's first time in the match winning the titles. So ch- shout out to Xavier for putting on one of the best matches of that that f- that yeah, feud. And, yo, Xavier, um, Xavier, and then that's what also brings out something about this Uso New Day feud. Xavier wasn't really necessarily the worker worker. You know, we like uh-huh. obviously you gave his bona fides and he can work, but again, we didn't get a chance to really see that uh-huh. until this feud where he's getting a lot more exposure. They're doing exactly. a lot more with the free bird stuff, and Xavier's getting out there like he's getting the come, he's getting the come ups, he's getting the comebacks. I mean, he's getting the fire ups. Yeah, he's getting the hot tags. You know, like Xavier was yo he got yo his hot tag where he come in and do like the little shiny wizard yeah, the and then they'll come the roll through uh, DDT uh-huh. and when he does walk the the ropes and does the elbow drop like that's those are really really good spots yeah. and it puts him in like a really type of stratosphere that he he wasn't in he wasn't yeah. in he did I I'll tell you right now I did not look at Xavier as a worker till this to this whole feud I saw him as having potential and I did like his work but it was this feud something clicked where just he added some new shit like that was like okay Xavier you got you got the goods you know so that match was great they win the titles they beat the Usos the you know the Usos are pissed you know they're having a real rough and tumble uh, feud right now that's rough they, they, they roll into SummerSlam and the Usos come out and um, this is the pre-show mind you this is SummerSlam pre-show they put this feud, hot feud, after two great matches, they had put this hot feud Last on the pre-show. Last year, actually. Last year, 2017. The Usos come out in, a, like, a Dragon Ball Z attire kind of thing and with the unicorn symbol on it, which is them using their their, their um, interest in their gear again. Biggie and Xavier take this match. And... Uh, in this match, at one point, Xavier picks up Biggie on his shoulders and he splashes him onto one of the Usos. One of the greatest spots in the match, uh, you know, Xavier showing that strength because you don't see that. When you would think that Biggie would pick up Xavier, yeah, you know, Xavier Xavier's a, jacked. That, yeah, so Xavier don't get it twisted. Xavier's jacked. Ripped, <laughs> so all those that video nigga. games don't get him misconstrued. <laughs> he put that work in <laughs> for real. Uh, they do um. A real sick uh, spot where they pop up Xavier and uh, they do the alley-oops, but they did it over the rope. So he caught him on the outside and hit him with a Samoan drop. Yeah. It was ill, yo. It was so fucking ill. Yeah. Yeah. Wild, sick spot. Uh, At that point, Kofi checks on him. And the Usos showing that mean shit just grabs Kofi. They throw him into the fucking steel steps. Show ass out of here. Biggie's on the other side of the ring spotting this shit. He runs all the way around the ring. Spears one of the Usos, you know? And then he goes on his hook up, taking on the Usos by himself, you know? And Biggie has his moments where he's just fired up, and he gets everybody off the ground, bringing the straps down. The, fi- the fans are getting fired up. The Biggie knows how to fire up, man. So um, they get a blind tag. Super kick, and they super kick. They, they they just super kick the shit out of Biggie at that point. Yeah, they Biggie just- got super kicked with, like, 20. <laughs> That's why I'm saying, like, Buck, like, Bucks and Usos will super kick the shit out of each other, bro. Yeah. Cause Big E took 
17 super kicks. And then the double <laughs> oose. And then a double splash, yeah. And the <laughs> Usos, you know, reclaim their titles at SummerSlam. Great match. Great, and, great match. like, I can't, like... Like watching these matches back, it just makes me appreciate it even more because I was like three matches in a row. All right, what can they do next? You know, and then I look up and I'm like, oh shit, they have this, you know, Chicago Street Fight. Was it? No, was it a Street Fight? It was in. It was in. Was Cincinnati. In, no, they were uh, Las Vegas. Oh, okay, it was Las Sin Vegas. City, Sin, City Sin City. Yeah, Street Fight. It was a Sin City Street Fight, September 12th on SmackDown, and you know the the New Day come out together, and Xavier's like, nah, you know, it's no DQ. Y'all got this. They don't. They don't need my help. He has. So you have Xavier um, leave. Then you got Kofi and Biggie, the the smart athletic friends, <laughs> coming out there and uh, to fight to face the Usos. Starts off hot, you know. They just come up, start swinging at each other. Uh, I don't even know where to get where to get. You know, but let's talk about it. Uh, the, you know, everybody knows Kofi's big stomp move. You know, he goes in the air, he stomps on people. He added that to his repertoire. He did that onto a chair, onto one of the Usos. Uh, he had one moment where he's just in the ring with a chair, and he just chucks a chair at one of the Usos on the outside. You know, uh, then the Usos bringing that mean street. Usos bringing that mean street. They take Kofi, they they toss him into the barricade real awkwardly at one point in the match. But uh, it was it was hell. They they used the kendo sticks, beat each other down with chairs and kendo sticks. It was just wild match. Uh, at the end, the, the end match comes with um, the Usos going, attempting a splash, and Kofi pushing the Usos off the, um, the splash. Uh, one of the Usos off through a table. I think it was Keith pick, pick, I think he pushed like Jimmy off through a table. The Biggie and uh, Xavier, um, Kofi hit the end new the up up down down. At this point, they, they renamed it, and they get the win and they reclaim the tag team titles. They they freaking are hot potatoing this title back and forth. So let's fast forward. Now it's Hell and Cell 2017. And this is the culmination of this feud. After all this, Hot Potato and the tag title back and forth, this is the culmination of this feud. And boy, oh boy, did they put on one of the best Hell in a Cell matches. Not just, like, it's not just a great tag team match. It's a great Hell in a Cell match. You can put it up against any other Hell in a Cell match. And for it to be the first tag team Hell in a Cell match, I think they set the bar really, really high. Uh, I th- that match was brutal, and it showed um, the teamwork between the two because it was Big E and Xavier. Mm-hmm. Kofi sat that one out, and Xavier showed so much in that match. He did. Uh, he the mean streak, the 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 resiliency. The 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 never say die and then finally dying mm-hmm. like he, yeah he he was let's run down some of these spots you know I I, I think that uh, the Usos came in re- re- with blood red they were ready for war you know they had both teams immediately they get to the ring and they immediately as soon as the bell rings they go out and grab weapons they immediately are like no we're not about this bullshit anymore we're not gonna hit, sit here and work we're here to kill each other the new day still have. Their gimmick intertwined with the match because they have a unicorn taped a kendo stick. They have a fucking cowbell. They have a fucking gun. So all, even all the props they used in the match were New Day oriented, and I just thought that was in, ingenious. I want uh, at one point you know they, they trap Xavier in the corner with with the, with the kendo stick and they're just beating him down. Kofi's on the outside. The Usos like yo back up, back up, you know, yeah. and it just they used 
Xavier so well in this match to garner sympathy. And especially for especially for the team of Yeah, especially for the team of, of uh Biggie and Xavier. They had him you know, there's so many the spots. They had him chained up and uh with the handcuffs and they were just laying in with Xavier with the with the yeah, but even before that, off of that yeah, even before that, you know, I think it was a real cool spot was when they had I think Jay against the 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 Cell. They, they 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 trapped him with the kendo sticks against the corner, yeah. and that is like all right, you know, you you want to talk about this Uso Penitentiary where we're locking you down right now in this penitentiary. So it's like even the poetic nature of the match was great. <laughs> Uh, so let's talk about that. You know, the, them. Let's talk about the Xavier getting his ass beat down with the kendo sticks because they beat him down so bad in this beat match. The shit out of him, uh, they, like I said before, they put him in handcuffs. They they hung him up and they just wait, laid in with the kendo sticks with that. Biggie then fires up and he goes crazy. He goes ape shit. And it, I think Biggie's fire up shows his main event potential. His fire up got the crowd off their feet. You know, it got people hyped. He picks up one of the Usos, runs him into the cell, picks him up again. Kofi's like, go again, hit him again. He picks him up again, runs right down the, down the strip into the, the wall again. Biggie's on fire, brings down the straps. All all good all good stuff. There's a great uh, near near fall because the Usos get the ha- get get the upper hand eventually because it's two on one because Xavier's in the handcuffs, hung up. He gets. Um, they get a near fall on Biggie after they hit him with the super kicks again and, and the splash. And Xavier somehow got off the turnbuckle. While still handcuffed, he comes in and saves um, Biggie, which is one of the greatest spots I've seen because the guy's the guy showing his resiliency, like you said. You know um, that that when he comes in and the that's what I'm saying. He and that's the I'm saying the the when y'all go back and watch that match. You'll see the resiliency, and then you'll see that the, he died a soldier. He died a warrior. Uh-huh. You know yeah. what I mean? Which is because he comes in, he saves the match, and he just prolonged it just for a couple more minutes because you know uh, Biggie was already out of it, and you know they you know discarded him, and then uh-huh. so Xavier comes in and saves him while he's handcuffed, handcuffs, yeah. headbutts, and just yeah, he's like laying him. even while he's handcuffed and they're beating him up, and he's fighting back, and he's he's taking with 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 uh, kendo sticks, and he just screams out, and he starts to start wailing on them. Like, pretty much saying he's not no bitch, you know. Even while I'm handcuffed, I'm still going to give you that work. So, uh, it all, yeah. And then he got and then he got his head taken off. <laughs> because we hit him with a kendo stick, we super kicked that nigga, and then we double oost him, him with sleep. a chair. And that was it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that was kind of that was kind of the end of that feud. And, um, and what you, you tell me after the end of the match? You said nobody's going. No, nobody, nobody booed that man. Nobody, it was it, it was so good. Heal her face, like, and I think they opened it up. They opened up. They opened. Yeah, up they the, opened up Hell in the Cell that, 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 that match. They 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 really legitimized. Uh, like, okay, y'all motherfuckers want to put us on pre-show. Y'all motherfuckers want to keep putting us in this. Pro- and we don't mind working with Usman with this long, prolonged storyline. But where we going after this? Because that's exactly what we're talking about. The reason why we're doing this character spotlight because they put him with this program with the Oos, you know, and and I know the tag team division isn't deep and you want to give other tag teams, you have to give other tag teams a run. We got Sanity right now. We got the Bludgeon Brothers, you know. We got the, they had the reincarnation of uh, Gable and Shelton at mm-hmm. one point in time. Um, 
the new day had to take a back seat. Uh-huh. Uh but it was really, really great to see them highlight it for a, yeah. uh, it was a real like a three year run. Yeah. It was like a through from twenty fifteen everybody to twenty eighteen. Yeah. Wait, cause the yeah, the yeah. no wait, hell in the set no. This is, yeah, Hell in from twenty seventeen at the end of twenty seventeen okay, around. Yeah, you know, and the thing about tag team or any division is that you have your peaks and, val- peaks and valleys. You have your time where you're on top, and then you have your time where you're not, and you get some other teams shine. That's what makes it better. That's why New Day's run is so spectacular because they'll they'll have a moment where they're on top. They'll go away for a little while, do some other stuff, and then come back to the top and work with the team that's gotten to a place where they're on a higher level. Like they'll work with the team. Like uh, for let's say, for instance, Bludgeon Brothers. Now they'll work with them now because they've gotten to a level where they're where they're you know credible. They're credible. They, you know they can have a match with New Day at SummerSlam. But um, let's let's talk about Survivor Series. You know, 2017 they faced a Shield. I think that match was really good. I think that uh, they they quelled off the whole tag team division and they went into a, like you know a three on three man feud. I thought it was cool that New Day kind of led the charge in the the invasion on Raw that year. They were kind of again, like you, yeah, yeah. It's the highlight of them, like you know what I mean. Like it's them. Like I really, I I've always talked about you know them possibly having uh, uh one of them or you know them going into a singles run, and you also said like, hey, they can do that, but let's keep it as a group, just like how friends do individual mm-hmm. activities. And I'm more on the on 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 par with that now than ever. Because I generally enjoy watching them and seeing them together. Yeah. But they do have some success that they can achieve, you know, by themselves. Absolutely. I see Big E maybe on another switch, maybe on another uh, heel run, possibly. I can probably see him being a champion or getting assistance from... Mm-hmm. You know, them helping him make that switch, maybe. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, him getting into a position on the babyface uh, rise. And then since he's so high up as a babyface, that heel run would be so unexpected. It would be dope to see him and his brother behind him like that. Mm-hmm. Or maybe even a baby. Like, I, I want to see them do something together. Because right now, the tag team division, of they, they do have opportunity to work with other people. But uh, I don't know. I, well, I, just... I think that as a tag team, they have they're legend now. They're they're legends now in the tag team division. Like they're they're, on, they they're on the level. Now. Yeah, they, they, ha- they still, people now. and that's why we have people like the, the Deli Boys can come back and still be popping because they were so good at their peak. And the, the the New Day are one of the groups that are on the same level as a, a legendary tag team as the Edge and Christian Hardy Boys. I'm not going to say they are them, but they are the, the Usos right now and the New Day for the, for this time is what people are going to say in the future. Like, remember New Day and Usos? Like, the people do with the Hardy Boys, Edge and Christian. And no, Hardy and Boys. I completely agree with that. I, listen. You know, so I think that uh, keeping them as a unit is, is great. I, I do want to see Biggie get his shine as a single single star. I think that he has real main event potential. Even if it's a transitional champion, I don't care. I think that he has the ability to, to, to rock a crowd and to keep people captivated to a storyline at an angle that, you know, can maybe lead, maybe go far, you know. So um, Kofi, Kofi's another one who has potential, but he's a little bit more, he's a little bit smaller and, he he works so well with the younger guys that I want to keep him in working these uh, these mid card matches or 
or still or stay in the tag team with Xavier and just do more tag team work. Like you know? Kofi, Kofi, maybe like have him like just say for instance, say Swagamora wins tonight, and like I'm projecting he holds the belt and it's like I'm the new U.S. champion, and then New Day just comes out and it's like hold on, sucker. Uh-huh. Yeah, New Day wants to like how they did yeah. the US the the, the US, with Cena like the, the open challenge. Yeah, you know when Xavier comes out and like, what if Kofi works with Swag? Oh, or Kofi. like they did with the uh, the Money in the Bank. The Money in the Bank. Like, oh yeah, yeah you know, yeah. they're like it came out. Oh, you don't know who 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 who, who who's gonna yeah, be I, the next number one contender, and it's Kofi, and he comes out there and he has a great match with Nakamura. I think that Kofi and Nakamura could probably have a killer exactly. program or a match. You know, so. I think that, and, and they can do the who 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 thing with Big E and have him go face AJ, you know, and maybe not get the title off AJ, but like potentially AJ and have Big a, E can a, have a fucking fantastic because AJ will bump like shit. Yes, that guy. exactly. You know, and and we have we all know the PhD uh, and intellect of Xavier Wood and what he can do on the mic and what he can do to promote and big up his his two brethren, uh, New Day brethren. And now, he has a brand that's mm-hmm. easy, like, yo, niggas can really be on up, up, down, down and be like, yo, y'all watching SummerSlam? Mm-hmm. Me and the homies, we wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> for real. <laughs> oh, it's a nigga to the right. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, for real. He has his own brand with up, up, down, down. He's doing his thing. I see that channel getting bigger. We saw the um, New Day versus the, the New Day the versus, versus the Elite. The, the Elite. That yep. was a big moment. You know? I I was at work, didn't do any work. I watched. You know, speaking of, you know, and that's. Is a character spotlight right there. You know I mean, that's a spotlight that people are going to remember in time because we don't know what's going on with the revolution of wrestling or the interpromotional stuff that's going on. But just having something outside of wrestling where two, where six people who are legit, you know, who, who, we'll say they're acquaintances and even friends that can have time. They were they played a video game for an hour and a half, bro. Uh-huh. And guess who watched it? Me. We did. They played and the crowd pop, and it was a great story. And better, better written story than any than, than a lot of things we see on TV <laughs> right now. I'm just gonna say that not anything, but a lot of things we see. So even that video game shit was like compelling. So Xavier has built a brand; he's still building that brand. So props to you for being a great businessman and and having the guts to go out there and make a YouTube channel. I heard you talking about it on Table for Three and how people were thought you were crazy, and you still went out there and did it, and you're holding it. N- as a tight knit group to people who don't not gonna fuck with your shit, you know, and ruin it. Like you're not letting the higher ups of WWE come and say, "Oh, oh, we got something nice coming over there." Uh, oh yeah, let's let's go and fuck it up for you. Like you're keeping close knit. You're bringing people on the show every week, and you're and you're giving us content outside of wrestling that's really compelling. So you gotta uh, support, like you know, really give this guy credit for it. Expanding his art and just making because it takes a lot of time to take take be a wrestler, then go play some video games because people want to see you play video games and then get stars, get people to come on your show, edit it, put it up. I mean, your team hats off to you guys because I know that you're not doing it by yourself, but I, just the fact that you're even doing it, I give you props for it, man. So it's, you gotta. It's, it's only so many hours in a day, you know? And then we and, see him in Japan yeah. with the fucking uh, uh, elite. We see him over there, you know, he's, he's a part of the culture now, the gaming culture, that, and you're here to stay. So props to that. Because game is going to be here way longer than that wrestling career, man. Cause That's sh- true. Because your body going to take a toll. Oh, uh, yeah, you can't do it forever. 
Um, so usually in our character spotlights, we usually do historic stuff. We will cover some highlight things. Obviously, we had three guys to do, so kind of ran. Ran, kind of um, but that, but you so usually we do that. But and then we kind of project and t- talk about what we would like to see for them, which we kind of did already. But mm-hmm. um, is there anything as far as? Going forward with the new day, okay. So we recording today is Saturday or Sunday. I'm sorry, it's SummerSlam. It's SummerSlam. We're we literally have something in the background right now. Yeah, we're watching the pre show, pre show, and that's why I'm a little bit detached from the show. But this is this is honestly really this was CT CT said we have to do a black character spotlight. We said cool. We figured out hey, we did three white guys, three good deserving white guys. And we was like, hey, one shot kill right here because I'm a Marine. <laughs> pew, pew, pew. You know what I mean? <laughs> and we got three qualified, really uh, um, magnificent performers in the New Day. That we respect. That we respect. And CT did, like, the reason why we're recording this kind of semi-late is because he wanted to take his time with it. He wanted to curate it. He wanted to make sure that he had detailed notes. He was bringing information that a lot of people may not know. Making sure that, hey, if they do listen to this Reasonable Wrestling podcast, that they go back and say, hey, man, like, they did their work. They did their homework. And, and, yeah. they, and, and they might pop for some of the stuff that, that we brought back up because some of the things that we saw by rehashing these guys – was amazing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Even this morning when you was like, hey, I just want to watch a few matches, those few matches ended up being that whole six-month program with the Usos. Yeah. We ended up watching fucking six matches this yeah. morning. It was crazy. But, <laughs> I know I want to just watch two, and it ended up being six, and I was like, I just, I just need a little bit more. You know, and I it just kept on going. So I want to do their do their career due diligence. I know I didn't bring up the WrestleMania match with the Bludgeon Brothers, which was I thought was a great story. Story and their Survivor Series match because with the, it was with, quick, man. You know, it, I was but, there. Yeah. It was my smoke break. I'm sorry, <laughs> you know, but um, they, they it was uh, I, I just so I just really fuck with the New Day and, and what they've done for wrestling and 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 you know breaking down barriers with black wrestlers and they, they're just you're taking it to a whole new level. So props to you guys. I want to give you guys uh, show you guys some love and, and do with. With respect to what you've done in your past, so and, and you're you're kind of also helping the WWE when it comes to creating things for like we have our um, on the regular Reasonable Wrestling podcast that we do weekly. We've we. We hate saying the name Bobby Lashley because it's done so poorly. And we're like, it's the most simplest of black guys to handle. Yeah. But then we look at New Day and they, they make things just that's not mm-hmm. convoluted, but things that shit They turn work. shit into gold. Yeah, they we're just they like, literally are throwing pancakes <laughs> in the crowds. Yo, and people are eating that shit up. Yo, They're throwing shit on people's faces. Listen, we wasn't, listen. People we booed saw, them. They, people booed them and they turned it yo, all around. We, we went to SmackDown in Orlando when they faced the bar for the qualifying mm-hmm. match for them to face the Blood Brothers tonight, tonight. at SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. Dog, when I'm telling you, they tossing pancakes in the crowd and <laughs> niggas is fighting over pancakes, dog. Wild. Dog, pancakes is hitting an arena floor. You understand me? And these motherfuckers are eating them. And you don't even have to guess who they are. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not go there. Let's not go there. <laughs> We're like, you, gotta t- you really want to eat that pig? 
Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, so New Day's killing the game, man. And and then you know they're making money. And so get your money. Get your money, black yeah, man. Get, get your, your money, money, black man. <laughs> so, get all that, get money, all that money. So keep doing get it. Get that Biscuit money. Uh, get that and, Kellogg's yeah, money. And, we, and, and thank you for your work because I think that your runs and what you did for tag team wrestling, what you did for your, your, your careers and the way you've um, – you guys changed the, the the what's the word the, the paradigm yeah, of what you know yeah of what black shifted. people can be in wrestling and you guys are constantly pushing the barriers constantly inve- reinventing yourself and I just really support I just really fuck with you guys and what you're doing so keep doing it thank you thank you man and uh, you guys catch us again uh, on Reasonable Wrestling we're on iTunes we're on Spotify we're on Google Play. We're on YouTube. And check We're us on out. We're on Facebook. All We're the on medias Instagram. of socialness. <laughs> <laughs> this nigga just want to step on me today. He want to Kofi boot me. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, yo, uh, thank you guys for listening. Um, we'll be uh, giving our SummerSlam and NXT recaps later on this week. Uh-huh. Um, listen, NXT, if you guys have not... If you guys are listening to this podcast and then watch NXT, what type of fucking wrestling fans are you? Because we're recording late, mm-hmm. all right? So you guys should already watch NXT. Crazy. But watch NXT TakeOver um, Brooklyn 4. They tore down five matches, two hours and a half, a perfect fucking show. Oh my goodness! So it was everything we expected. We'll, yeah. we'll give our highlights of that show later on, uh, the, week. Later on the week. We'll we're watching SummerSlam. Uh, we'll give our highlights of SummerSlam and uh, the, the 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 Raw and SmackDown afterwards. So thank you guys for joining us. Thank you New Day for giving us something that we can talk about. And um, we'll, who's our next character spotlight? We said it was going to be Mr. Seth. Seth Rollins? Possibly. Possibly. All right, so you guys stay tuned for September. Next month, yeah. Next month we'll do a character spotlight on Seth Rollins. And then our first ever women's character spotlight will happen in October. October. Uh, the Round month evolution. of the, the evolution, women's revolution, evolution. Um, and it's going to be on the queen, uh, Charlotte Flair. So... Uh, stay catch, tuned. Stay tuned. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you. And we're about to get into our SummerSlam. Peace out, guys. It's a new day. Yes, it is. <laughs>